Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today is episode 27. To your surprise, I'm sure, still working our way through the Sermon on the Mount. Almost finished up with that, by the way. Today's a particularly tough topic. It's titled, in the subsection scripture, it's titled, I Never Knew You. So we're going to go over what I would consider is probably one of the hardest or most difficult things to take in during Christ's Sermon on the Mount. These verses straight up just stopped me dead in my tracks when I first read them. I used to casually call Christ my Lord and Savior, and after reading these verses for the first time, I began to ask myself, am I really taking my relationship with Jesus Christ as serious as I should be? So let's see what today's message says. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? and cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, one of the scholarly commentaries that I read, it calls this section the decision between two claims of Jesus' lordship, one false and one true. The following information was taken from a scholarly commentary. This warning of Jesus applies to people who speak or say things to Jesus or about Jesus, but don't really mean it. It isn't that they believe Jesus is a devil. They simply say the words very superficially. Their mind is elsewhere, but they believe that there is value in the bare words and fulfilling, and they think they're fulfilling some kind of religious duty with no heart, no soul, and no spirit. Only bare words and passing thoughts. So here we are informed that When Christ is really Lord of our life, there is a transformation of heart, a transformation of mind, and a transformation of soul or spirit. It's no longer that our own mind is the standard in which we perceive things. Rather, we change our mind based on what we encounter in Scripture. That's a form of repentance, right? To update our mind based on Scripture. So having the biblical mind means to have the mind of Christ. And if you remember what St. Jerome said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. Now, this doesn't mean that we won't ever sin again. Rather, it means that we have started taking captive our thoughts to be obedient to Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.15. For Christ to truly be the Lord of our life, it means we pursue the will of our Father in heaven rather than our own will. One example is to choose to forgive someone, which means to cease to have resentment so we may also be forgiven. Another example is to love our enemies, which means to will goodness for them. Another example is to turn the other cheek when someone deeply insults us when what we really want to do is react with another insult. Now the list goes on, of course, but those are just a few tough ones. In the end of today's message, Jesus said, use the terminology in this specific translation, workers of lawlessness, and another translation said workers of iniquity. So let's talk about those individually. The definition of lawlessness is not regulated by or based on law. All right, so well then the question remains, what laws are we under? So if lawlessness is what gets us departed from Christ in the worst way, then following the law is what is a part of what we should do. So if that's the case, what laws are we under? And the answer to that is the law of liberty and the law of Christ. That's what they're called. Now, the law of liberty is to do what we should do rather than what we want to. And the law of Christ is to abide in his love and to love others as we love ourselves. The question now is, how do we abide in his love? The answer to that is in the Gospel of John. All relevant questions, right? And of course, 
Scripture always has the answer to these questions. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. So to summarize the way Jesus says we are to abide in his love is to obey the New Testament in relationship to the Old Testament. There is a caveat that some scholars talk about, and that is that there's one of the Ten Commandments that's not found in the New Testament, and they claim the scholar, there are certain scholars that claim it's the Sabbath you won't find in the New Testament. So I personally, I am not willing to say that we don't have to keep the Sabbath. However, God says through Paul, one person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. That's Romans 4, chapter 14, verse 5 and 6. So when I read that to me, it doesn't matter what day we give to God for rest and worship as long as there is one day committed. However, it's also important to note that being a Christian is a daily thing. It's not just a once in a week type thing. So let's talk about iniquity now. And by the way, another thing to mention, abiding in, in my word, that's scripture, by the way. It's not just the words in red letter. God's word is the Bible. Okay, so just it's important when you read in John 14, 23, my word is God's word. It's the written word of God. So let's talk about iniquity now. The definition of iniquity is gross injustice or wickedness, but it's also a wicked act or a thing, which in parentheses they say is sin. So you'll find sin and wickedness um, and injustice in relationship to the word iniquity when you look at the definitions. So let's see what the commentaries say. The following information was taken from St. Jerome's commentary. And for those of you who don't know, St. Jerome was the patron saint of translation for the Catholic Church, and he trans he was the, I'm pretty sure, the first translation of the original Greek and Hebrew manuscripts into the Latin Vulgate. So technically speaking, the first Bible was in Greek and Hebrew. The second Bible, or I should say the first translation of the Bible was in Latin. And this is what he said. He forbids us, so that's Christ, he forbids us to participate in the faith with those who, while they are strong in sound doctrine, destroy it with evil works. I'm going to stop there. So you see that happen with the Pharisees and Sadducees, right? Like it's talked about in Scripture. They, had, they knew what the truth was, but they didn't live it out. And so that's why Christ calls them a brood of vipers. You are of your father the devil. And why also John the Baptist calls them brood of vipers as, as well, if I remember correctly. Jerome goes on to say, he says not who have worked, but who work iniquity, that he should not seem to take away repentance. So that's cool, right? Jerome acknowledges that having sin in our life is different than actively working towards repentance to grow in Christ because life is hard. Being a human being is hard. And trying to get this Christian thing exactly correct with the sea of information out there is tough, especially given the false gospel that we talked about yesterday. Jerome goes on to say, Yea, that is, or excuse me, ye, that is, who up to the present hour when the judgment is come, though ye have not the opportunity, yet restrain the desire of sinning. So that's the, that's the idea, a key, key idea there, right, is to restrain the desire of sinning. So here St. Jerome makes an excellent point. He says that Christ leaves room for repentance, and that's awesome. This shows the merciful and gracious side of God, I think, and it's self-evident, right? God, Jesus is a patient God. He gives us time to repent, and he, does, he wants every soul salvaged. Now, we shouldn't squander that, of course. 
Now, Jerome also points out the desire to sin. So again, it's worth noting that there's a difference between being a human being with a sinful nature who desires to fight against sin because they feel convicted by the Holy Spirit versus a person who willfully participates in sin with no contrition and kind of just throws caution to the wind. That's a dangerous game to play. It's a form of gambling, if you ask me. So here, Jerome seems to mention that intent matters, but again, we must remember only Jesus can judge the heart, the mind, the intentions, and the thoughts. And like we've talked about earlier, you know, we shouldn't assume, just right off the gate, assume malevolence. We should always assume ignorance or stupidity before malevolence, and we should give people the benefit of the doubt, and we shouldn't assume a heart, a mind, or intention, or a thoughts. That's, and we talked about that thoroughly in the podcast against judging others. So let's bring today to a close. Mere acknowledgement of Christ as Lord isn't what sets us apart. Being a Christian isn't so much about Christ loving us as much as it is about us loving Christ, abiding in his love, or demonstrating our love for him. We are obligated to be doers of the law of liberty, which means to do what we should do and what is good, not what we want. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 23 says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And that's what scripture is. Scripture, you can call it either the written word of God or God's written word. And the reason I distinguish between the two is because there's an incarnate word of God also, which is Jesus Christ. Last summary. There's a difference between being a human being with a sinful nature who desires to fight against sin because they feel convicted by the Holy Spirit versus a person who willfully participates in sin with no contrition and no remorse and just does it because that's just what they do, throwing caution to the wind. That's all we've got for today, folks. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.